Welcome to Pop Culture Retro, which was recently voted the 15th best podcast by the residents of the Golden Years Retirement Community in Boca Raton, Florida. Each show, we'll revisit some of your favorite pop culture memories with insider and outsider perspectives. Now, please help me welcome your hosts, Ike Eisenman and Jonathan Rosen. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Pop Culture Retro. I'm Jonathan Rosen, along with my co-host, Ike Eisenman, and I am a huge fan of today's guest, and it's the star of my possible, and my daughter's probably even a bigger fan than I am, but we're pleased to welcome the star of Oliver, which is one of my favorite musicals. He's also an incredibly nice person, as well as my favorite osteopath, so please help us welcome Mark Lester. Mark, how are you? I'm very well. Thank you very much for that uh, wonderful introduction. Well, let's see. I, I, you know, thank you for joining us. To start with, I, I was reading your bio and saw that you you came from a theater family, so your parents were involved in that too. I mean, is that right? That's, and that's how you got started in it. Yeah, yeah. My dad was uh, he he had some small uh, roles on TV, and he did a lot of uh, commercials when I was a kid. Um, and my mom, she, yeah, she did a bit of modeling, uh, but mainly she was a kind of stay-at-home housewife. But um, yeah, that's how, how I was kind of pushed forward into the business, so to speak. But, but you started so young. I mean, you, I, I read that you were like six years old. I mean, what's that like for a kid? Uh, at any point where, where you were aware of how that. different that is? <laughs> for... I think I was younger than that. I My dad was in a commercial for uh some uh, washing up liquid and they needed a baby and <laughs> he said oh yeah my, my my son is two years old how's that and they went perfect so he went home and grabbed me out of the out of the pram and took me to the studio and uh, he did his washing up with his hands and then the baby <laughs> was in the background so that was my first role i think and then I was actually five years old when I did my first movie. Oh my gosh. That's a, no, that, how is that for a kid? I mean, did you think that that's what every kid was like? <laughs> or is it, did you realize that was something different? <laughs> no, I was different, yeah. I mean, I had a, a very small talking part in um, a French film actually, which was shot in, uh, in London. And uh, yeah, that was my first credited uh, role. That, you're speaking of French, I just before I get to like you know Oliver, which I you know of course we have to cover, but uh, I read that you know you, you were in a French movie. I read, I saw that your credits, and I even watched one of them the other day. I watched the uh, about what's it the, the grass <laughs> something and uh, grass on elms, yeah. Right, you did uh, something that was in J in Japan that was only in Japanese, yeah. and you did one in, that was only uh, in Italian uh, <laughs> as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Grass Under the Elms was uh, shot in Italy, yeah. That was an Italian production. So, I mean, what did they, you, they just dubbed all your lines in? You acted in, they dubbed no, everything? No, I think we actually shot in English. Um, and then they either dubbed it into Italian or they put subtitles. But funnily enough, the movie I made in Japan, I was the only one speaking in English and everyone <laughs> In Japanese around me and it was most peculiar I don't know how the hell that worked but uh, I couldn't understand a word of what they were saying and I had to just pick up on cues and say my dialogue my lines and then they would come back at me in Japanese it was most peculiar an unbelievable way of filming <laughs> well did they walk it, you walk you through what they were <laughs> saying so you at least you had some concept of how to react I mean I can barely I, imagine that wasn't to complete like nonsense. I, I I understood the concept of what they were saying, and uh, I had to <laughs> speak back in English. It was uh, very very uh, interesting, to say the least. I would have to agree with that. <laughs> well, uh, you landed Oliver at eight years old, and again, you know, I watched it again this week, and I. I I think I mentioned to you before, I mean, it's just by far my favorite musical. It's so great. Every performance was great. You you and Jack Wilde were incredible in that. I, I can't even imagine, you know, being that that young and being such a, you know, great performance. But this was like a major production. I mean, had you had you seen the musical yet? 
before you started it? And uh, were you aware of the enormity of the film or that didn't phase you? No, well, I wasn't aware of the enormity of, of the production until I actually got down onto the, to the set at Shepton Studios. I hadn't seen the uh, stage production at all. I didn't know anything about it. I knew the, I knew the story because I'd seen the um, Alec Guinness uh, movie, um, which was quite dark. It wasn't the musical, uh, which is about 10 years before uh, we started shooting. Um, so I didn't really realize until I got down to uh, Shepperton Studios and I saw all the sets that were being built or had been built. And basically we took over the whole entire studio. It was huge. It was incredibly, I, I had no concept of the enormity of it until I started when we started rehearsals. We did three months of rehearsals before, before we even turned the camera. Yeah, that was going to be a question of mine, how much, I mean, the, the rehearsal time had to be absolutely brutal and exhausting. I mean, so you said three months, three months of rehearsal before shooting? Yeah, we did three months rehearsing the uh, dance routines mainly because yeah. they had, in those days, uh, there wasn't CGI. So all the dancers that you see on screen are all people. So we had like a thousand no. dancers and on a white choreograph that, um, well, she won an Oscar for that. So, I mean, it was incredible how they managed to um, just coordinate and, and get that, and especially the continuous of um, routine where it, it, it was just an incredible amount of uh, work that went into that. In fact, I played very little part in that. Um, it was mainly the other dancers that had to be coordinated. And so three months of rehearsals was required for to cover all the dance uh, and song um, on, the, on all the songs. How, how long did you consider yourself and, and how long did that take to film? The consider yourself and who will buy? I mean, both of those were like huge numbers. I think consider yourself took the longest. We probably took about three weeks to film, three to four weeks to film that. Just that, <sighs> that was just incredible. <laughs> and, and the same thing with who will buy who will buy again was a very complicated um set, but it was more fixed because the boy was up on the roof uh watching below uh whereas consider yourself was more fluid and it moved across several um settings whereas who will buy was um Although, again, a very complicated piece, but that actually probably only took maybe 10 days to film. I, it, that, it just seems so extravagant to me. I mean, that, I think that's my favorite number in the film, but it might be, but it's just... I, I really like that one too. It, it's, it's just the way it built up. It was, uh, it was, it was a very beautiful, um, it, it was a beautiful piece of uh, cinema, that. No, fantastic. Uh, I also read that, you know, you had, I think, 5,000 people auditioned for the role, 5,000 kids. Is that... I, I mean, I don't know the exact numbers, but um, yeah, I think it was something around that. So what, what, what's it like when you find out that you get this major, this major part in this huge production? I mean, what's that like for you, your family at that time? I, well, I remember when I got the part my mum came up and I was in the bath, I think, at the time. And she said, um, I got some news for you. She banged on the door and shouted from outside the door. I said, oh, what's that? She said, oh, you got the part in the movie, um, in the film, Oliver. I went, oh, that's great. And I just <laughs> gone, uh, washed my hair. <laughs> and then got out and I thought, oh, afterwards, that's great. Because, um, you know, I'll have a lot of time off school. But unfortunately, it doesn't work like that because you have to have schooling while you're working. So uh, I had to do schooling as well, which is a bit, bit of a drag. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm very familiar with that myself. And that was going to be one of my questions, how the that that entire dynamic worked. Um, yeah, in England. So I'm, I'm glad to hear because, you know, the child labor laws were not blanket laws in the United States. And, and because I work primarily in California or the productions are based in California, I always did have to have um, school on the set. So 
Yeah, we talked about that with Matthew Laberto from Little House on the Prairie as well, because people don't yeah. realize that, you know, you're not only be de being demanded of as a consummate performer when you're on set, but you also have to, all your breaks are spent <laughs> in school. Yeah, well, that's, but I did work for Disney and I can't remember actually having to do any schooling when I was there. It may be that I had, we were filming in the holiday time, but um, we've, I've filmed it's over a couple of, about two months uh, to the Disney Ranch and um, mainly at the Disney, Disney Ranch in outside uh, Anaheim or wherever it was, no, Burbank, I think. And, but I can't remember I actually had any schooling there, but I, uh, you know, I had my life's experience, you know, my, of, of just working in, in, in California and working with Disney, which was, you know, more than made up for the loss of schooling. <laughs> well, yeah, certainly. I know we want to talk more about that in a second, but while we're on Oliver, I have to ask the burning question. I'm sure you've never, ever been asked by anyone. What did they actually serve you that poses uh, the gruel? If you remember. Well, the product here called Ready Brick. I don't know if you guys have that in the States, which is <laughs> I've never heard of it. It's instant porridge and it's it's okay. And what they did was they watered it down and yeah. it was, uh, but it was served cold. Um, they just put in some dry ice into the cauldron thing to make it look like it was bubbling up. The <laughs> ace uh, was disgusting, but it was actually edible. <laughs> okay, well, that's good to know. Because <laughs> I've always wondered, and I've never bothered to look it up, what gruel actually was. If there, I mean, clearly there was something. If it was just a whatever stew, I, I don't know. I think it's oats and all kind. Yeah, just oats. It basically is exactly what we were we were given. Got it. Until <laughs> to, to the day to the day you die, you're probably going to get asked to say the line more. It know? has been though. <laughs> <laughs> but now, now were you at all aware of coming in were you all, all aware of your your co-stars i mean ron moody uh Shaney wallace oliver reed did you understand how large they were at all no no not at all i mean they were very pleasant to me because i think i was like the youngest on the on the uh on the show or one of the youngest people um so uh i wasn't in awe of anybody um Oliver Reed was, I think, had done a lot of Hammer horror films. So because I was only eight years old, I'd never seen any of the stuff he'd done. Shaney had mainly been on, in, on the stage and I think she'd done a lot of work in Las Vegas as a singer beforehand. Ron, I didn't know because I'd never seen the, um, the musical in the West End. And Jack, when I met Jack, we. You know, he he just took me under his wing and he was older than me. And he, yeah, we just got on. It was, he was very friendly, very approachable. Um, and I think you see that in the movie as well, the, the sort of uh, rapport we had together. So, but apart from anybody else, I mean, apart from the fact that of all the sets were huge and, um, that we um, it, it, we had technology as well. At that, we had video playback um, on the on the show, which was like cutting edge technology. Um, it was things like that that impressed me more than than the actors was was the all the complicated um, cameras and because we, we filmed in seventy millimeter, I think, mm -hmm. which meant mm. they have special these special cameras which were huge and um yeah and with this the advent of this video playback so you could see um what you filmed immediately after because the video was rolling at the same time i just want to touch upon your your friendship with jack you were you were remained friendly with jack throughout i mean throughout the rest of your his life as well i mean right yeah what, what was that relate what was that relationship with uh, him well uh, yeah i mean i knew jack and we we when i lived in london and jack lived quite close to me, um, maybe within the three or four miles away. We hung out quite a lot together. Uh, I was at his wedding. Uh, used to go to a lot of his parties. He, had, um, he, he was always that much older than me. He's about four or five years older. Um, so 
in my teens, um, he got married quite young. Um, his wife was lovely. Um, and yeah, we just sort of had a, uh, a relationship as, as buddies really. And then we wouldn't hang out all the time, but then maybe I'd see him three times in, in a month or maybe I wouldn't see him for six months. And then we'd, we'd hook up again and right. then we would get invited to do interviews and we'd turn up and then we'd maybe uh, go out for a meal afterwards and, and sort of catch up on what was going on. You still, I mean, besides Jack, I mean, you, talk, you still speak to about Shaney Wallace. You still keep in touch with her as well? Shaney, I actually, funny enough, yeah, we're, uh, we, we talk quite a lot on email. Uh, we've done a couple of these signing things. We did one in California. We, we did one in Chicago, uh, Comic-Con or whatever they're called, or the Hollywood, Hollywood show, I think. Um, and she's great. I mean, she's absolutely incredible. I mean, she's eight, I think she's 86 or 87. Oh, wow. <laughs> but I mean, well, she wears very, um, you know, well cut clothing. She jeans. She looks great. She really, you know, and she's, she's absolutely incredible. I mean, if I'm anywhere near as fit and able as she is, I'm 87, I'll be quite happy. Oh, that's great. That's, that's fantastic. Uh, she was great in the movie. I mean, so they all, everyone basically took you under their wing, everyone, you know, Shaney and Ron and everyone. So just treated you, made you feel comfortable on that set. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was very lucky actually, because I, you know, I was the, uh, yeah, I was, I, I guess I was the spoiled one, but um, no, they were all really, Carol Reed, um, every, I, I can't think, the only one I was a bit slightly worried about was Oliver Reed, but he, as being a method actor, he got into the character of uh, Bill Sykes and uh, it was pretty scary to everybody there. <laughs> So you, we, I mean, so that wasn't acting for you, from you. You were you were terrified doing those scenes with him. Yeah, yeah, pretty much so. Yeah, I mean, he was uh, a pretty. Although, again, he never. He was very gentle with me. All that stuff when you know I'm being thrown around was really. It wasn't at all. It was. It was. Uh, I was completely uh, safe. Yeah. Which is which is your favorite number from the uh, musical? Well, mine, like yourself, is uh, who will buy? Because the way it progresses from the from the from the rose cellar all the way through it, it builds up. I, I just think that that was a, a, a really wonderful piece of filmmaking. Uh, we were very lucky with the weather because you know in England we have quite a lot of rain over here. <laughs> and one of the best summers uh, ever because the set was built. Obviously, it's it's outside. And um, so we were completely dependent on the weather, but we were just really lucky and, and, and got 10 straight days of, of sunshine. Oh, yeah, that's great. amazing. It, well, Florida's not like England so much, but we, we do, especially during the summer, get an awful lot of rain <laughs> every single day. Every day. Yeah, you get rain, you get, you get rain, like we, yeah, like floods and things. I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah, wow. <laughs> but then again, you've got like 11 months of, very nice weather as well, so it ain't that very bad. True. Very true. Yes. <laughs> you, I read a couple of things. You have any anecdotes from the from the movie? It's filming itself. I read something about um, the ear, and I read something about the a rabbit. <laughs> so I just want to get those. Oh, the rabbit! I think was when we were doing um, Pick a Pocket or Two, where Calorie wanted to get a reaction from us as kids um, and so he employed a magician behind the camera and a clown <laughs> who would just do make do funny things so he got it's, I think it's quite hard to get kids um, to react uh, the way he wanted so he had this magician who would pull rabbits out of hats and we were going oh and, and looking for <laughs> and, and then would make people laugh and so he was getting the kind of reactions he wanted to and, and what was the, what was the ear story the ear was when um we were doing uh oliver oliver the boy what was that song i've forgotten um <laughs> when he asked for sale or is oh, that... 
after he's asked for more and then he gets caught and then the the uh the harry seekham as the beetle walks him around uh the boy oliver oliver who who wanted more because I, I can't the song i know the song like i forget the title at the moment <laughs> It was after Oliver asked for more and uh, Harry Seacombe grabs him, the beetle grabs him and then marches him round by the ear, round the workhouse. So the makeup department decided to play a joke on Harry Seacombe and they fitted a little plastic extension to my ear. <laughs> so he grabs it in the scene and then this bit of plastic comes off and of course he pulled my ear off. That's great. Everyone just often <laughs> i wanted to what you just mentioned i'm just, just curious about you said it was tough to get kid now with so many kids involved in so many scenes was that tough to film was that to get everyone's attention or everyone's just those they were so professional and everything the thing we all the kids that were working on the movie were from a stage school so it's like an acting school so they were kind of programmed into, yeah, otherwise they'd have been all over the place. So they weren't just dragged off the street. They were actually programmed to, uh, you know, sit and, and, and not look at the camera uh, and to do, to take instruction from the director. When did you first realize they would have such staying power as well? I don't know. I think um, when I got to... Um, the Oscars and it was a big deal there. Um, then I kind of realized that this was something that was going to be quite big. I didn't realize it was going to be so huge that it would still be around today. I mean, they, they still show it on TV here. Um, so I, uh, yeah, I, I, it, at the Oscars, I think I read, then I realized when it won the best picture, I thought, oh, actually, well, yeah, this is going to be <laughs> this is quite. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know it had a huge impact on my life. I have to tell you because I, 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 I've been trying so hard to remember in how I first saw it because I was probably too young to fully appreciate it when it first came out. But it might have been in a re-release. Was I, I, and you might not know much about the history of the film from that standpoint. Was it? Um, how long was it in theaters? Because it it was movies back then when they were as huge as that film was especially in the united states would stay in the theaters for a couple of years sometimes yeah. so it, do you it, have do you remember how how long it was it was in its initial release i believe because my dad used to get the variety magazine and uh they used to list all the top 10 film all the top 50 films and i think it was over 52 weeks in in the top 10 mm. so it was in the top 10 for a year and then it would have hung around for a bit maybe a, another year or so before it they fizzled out and then it goes on to tv i guess after that we didn't have dvds and around in those days Oh, sure. Well, I'm certainly grateful for him now because I, I, it's a film I go back to all the time and I appreciate it just, just as much as Jonathan was expressing. And, you know, you were one of my inspirations, actually, when I was had, you know, um, designs to get into the into the into the industry, because it was such an exceptional piece of work for such young children. I mean, eight years old. I know I didn't start doing commercials until I was nine. And it took me a little while to get on my feet well enough to, um you know, to start doing uh, drama in, in any meaningful way. I, I didn't study or anything like that. So I was kind of curious about, about you. Did you just end up entering the business and, and learn as you went along? Or did you take any, any, uh, any classes in performing? Well, I was at a stage school. And uh, so they kind of programmed us into um, how to behave in front of the camera. I did, had done a lot of um, TV work beforehand. And I, maybe three or four movies before I got the part in Oliver. So it wasn't completely strange to me to stand in front of a camera and sort of some know how to um, react or not or, or what not to do uh, in front of the camera when, when it's rolling. So I did have um, 
some experience of that prior to doing the film. And then after that, yeah, it was of, of learning, but you find in acting that you pick up stuff off other people. Um, and I did a movie with Telly Savalas and he was a very interesting guy. And he, he told me, a, he taught me quite a lot about um, re reacting, I think it was, reacting to another actor. And um, so, yeah, you, you learn from other people uh, all the time. And I was very lucky to work with a lot of, you know, great actors. So, um, you know, I was, when I did Prince of the Pauper, I worked with George C. Scott, who, for me, I mean, he was absolutely mega, mega guy and a, and a lovely and gentle man. And you even just being in the, his presence was enough. You get some, I don't know, you get his aura. You get Ernest Borgnine, another really lovely, lovely guy. You pick, you get, you know, I've watched their movies and then, but actually meeting them and working with them on film, you absorb something from them and, and every, every scene really you pick something up i was gonna ask you about that movie too I'll, I'll get back in a second to the other but i was gonna ask you about that movie by that time you'd already been in several i mean uh you'd been in many productions by that time but you still had th this was a huge cast in, in in that one i mean are you in awe coming into are you already a little bit jaded because you're already in the industry H how is that no that was great i mean on paper fantastic you know Raquel welsh again oliver right. reed um yeah we had a fabulous cast on that and um charlton heston was the first guy i interacted with the first thing we 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 filmed actually was with uh with charlton and wow what a what a guy absolutely uh, incredible it was he, he was more like an athlete than an actor i mean he's a big dude and um but also a very very gentle man and such presence uh you know you were charisma that you walk into a room and you really just i mean you you it's like a magnet i don't know how to describe it but you really pick up on that energy that he, he put out there it makes it very easy to work with actually so everyone everyone just treated you i mean at this point i mean like i said you had already been made many movies so but you you didn't have like something that uh you were like in awe that you were like nervous about coming in at this point? I never really got nervous. Um, I just kind of, well, everyone's, they're all just human beings after all. Sure. But yeah, I, I was actually in awe of more of Raquel Welsh, more because I was a <laughs> 17 year old boy. And that's more to it than that. She was actually lovely. She was, she was at, a, a star, I must say, and she mm -hmm. still looks amazing. And he went, she was great, very kind uh, to me. And, um, but again, a real presence and, a, and an absolute beautiful woman. And you, you also said, you, I mean, you mentioned some of these stars you worked. I also read, like, you know, you're with Kirk Douglas also, uh, Britt Eklund, Shelley yeah. Winters. I mean, you got you have a big who's who of uh, stars in in your uh, repertoire. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm I'm very lucky to have, I indeed, yeah, absolutely, yeah, to work with these such wonderful, iconic um, Hollywood actors. Right, now, uh, how about, I'm just curious. How about, how much do you go back and watch Oliver ever? The last time I saw Oliver was, I don't know, ten years ago. Wow. I think the last time I saw it was with, with one of my kids and they wanted to see it. And in fact, they're, they're grown up now. But when my daughter, my youngest daughter was maybe four or five years old, she was actually convinced that I was brought up in a workhouse. Uh, <laughs> I love I love that my my um, step grandchildren just a couple of years ago saw Escape to Witch Mountain and they were old enough to understand that this was Papa as a kid, but they did want to know why I still couldn't do the same, the, all the magic tricks that I could do in the movie. So I just, I, 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 I am so, I think it's so adorable the way that children translate these things. Cause I think that's always funny. That's very hard 
to imagine when you're young or a certain age, imagine an older person that they were ever a child themselves. First of all, I mean, you know, you see pictures or whatever, but actually to sit and watch you as a child is got to be an incredibly unique experience for them. Yeah, yeah. And it's nice because, you know, other than just seeing sort of snapshots from on, on, on the holiday or on vacation, you can actually see how daddy was, you know, in, 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 <laughs> in real life. Well, not in real life, but in, in a movie captured in, 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 you know, at that particular moment in time. And you, you didn't get your money from Oliver till you were 18, I read. Is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, that's right, exactly. And then that was what was the first part, a Ferrari. I just wanted to know if we got that right. I, you know, I went down to the. I was a bit kind of crazy in those days, and uh, <laughs> it went down to the local, um, yeah, Ferrari retailer, and they let me drive. It was the one that Magnum PI drove in uh, Magnum, <laughs> without the, the hard top. Not the they had that was a convertible. And uh, so I drove it and I, and I drove and I said, right, okay. And I drove, I said, um, I'll have it. And the guy, oh, okay. So I called my insurance company up and they nearly fainted. Anyway, I managed <laughs> it. was great. I love that car. I had it for a couple of years. I bought it for about 10 grand and I think I sold it for about 10 grand. So I didn't actually <laughs> lose any money on it. I wish I kept hold of it. I think it's worth quite a lot more now. Probably. <laughs> Probably. I have a very similar story. This is cracking me up because when I, uh, yeah, by the time I was 19 years old, I finally decided I did want to spend some of my money. So I bought a 911 and a okay. Porsche. I was yeah. looking at the Ferrari as well. And I thought, I just really love Porsche. So I did the same thing, went, drove it, paid cash for it. And the guy was dumbfounded. And um, yeah, I, I think I spent about, I think it was $16,000. It was used. It was not a new one. $16,000 on it. And I kept it for a couple of years until my insurance went so far through the roof that I couldn't afford to keep it anymore. So I ended up selling it for what I paid for it. So boy, we, uh, we're uh, brothers from a, another situation. <laughs> brothers from another dealer. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> Also, my but that's the perfect the perfect time to have a car like that because i think now as much yeah. as much as i would enjoy it and i appreciate it i think and it's it's completely unfair that not every young man gets to own an exotic car in their you know early 20s or their late teens because it's absolutely. just the best time ever oh absolutely and and yeah right. most guys of that age can't afford it so you know <laughs> yeah. wow go for it I, I got pulled over more times by the California Highway Patrol thinking it was <laughs> I was stolen because they didn't believe I was old enough or could afford to own the car. So uh, and then uh, and then I would subsequently get a speeding ticket like right after I was like, <laughs> are you old enough to, you know, really, is this really your car? Well, here's your speeding ticket, young man. And that was all. If anyone's interested, my first car was my uncle's 73 Buick, which he gave me. But so, so yeah, very similar. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I said I, I didn't realize until, you know, I, I think I mentioned to you a little bit last time. I didn't realize what a cult following, what a huge follow Melody had. Mm. I, I mean, there are several Facebook groups dedicated to that movie, large groups, uh, which you worked with Jack Wilde again. Can you just tell us a little bit about that movie and uh, yeah. Tracy Hyde was in it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jack, Melody was put Jack and Jack Wilde and myself back together uh, for this um, story about a schoolboy, well, a school, bunch of school kids. And I played the role of um, a guy who falls in love with this schoolgirl when they're 12 years old. So it was all innocent. There was nothing, it was a family film. And it was just about the innocence of young love. And uh, it had music by the Bee Gees, right. uh, which was fabulous. Um, and it was just one of these sort of nice, easygoing movies that uh, was just fun to watch. And it didn't have any messages in it or anything. It was just, entertainment so but it suddenly took off and had a huge it didn't do so well in the uk i think it did okay in the states not huge but 
in the Far East for some reason. It was absolutely colossal. It was came out the same year The Godfather came out, and it actually got knocked The Godfather off the number one wow. slot in Tokyo. Wow. And then, yeah, I mean, it was absolutely, I don't know why, but um, it, anyway, it, it again, it was in the cinemas. It's still in a cinema somewhere in Tokyo as at the moment. It, well, it that, is that's an incredible market. They, 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 yeah, that, that, that entire culture it, it becomes so fascinated with the most fascinating films and really embraces them and keeps them, keeps them around forever. I think that's incredible. It is. It is because we don't see many, they have made some incredible movies themselves, but we don't see an awful lot of movies come out of Japan considering it's such a, you know, a huge market and a huge country. Now you still you still do things with they get together they get you and Tracy Hyde together for certain appearances sometimes is that yeah I, well actually funny enough we went to Tokyo a um, couple of years ago no when was it maybe about three years ago uh, and my daughter was desperate to go she loves everything Japanese so I had the opportunity to go to a Comic Con uh, convention over there and do some autograph signing so I took my daughter Olivia with me and uh, we spent about 10 days out there. We, we did the comic conferences a couple of days and then we spent the rest of the time traveling around and staying with friends. And it was, it was, uh, it was great. So, you know, I do get that opportunity and there is some talk at the moment going back. We were going to do it this year for the Melody 50th anniversary, but wow. of course the COVID has uh, stopped that um but that might happen next year if it does it's fine if it doesn't um you know <laughs> things will happen oh, i hope that happens now, and i want to transition into um you made a film for disney which we touched upon briefly i mean uh you know the boy who stole the elephant so yep. uh, you, we just touched upon it briefly and we ha we have ike is mr disney so i just want to go to uh, <laughs> a little bit about you know how was that working for disney that experience and and uh, i found out today i didn't even realize ike was also in a production of black beauty so, ah, hey. so yeah we have a, you have we have a shared title up there. Made, that used to be made quite a few times oh oh yeah it's, it's at least a dozen times i can't i can't even imagine how many productions there have been mine was for television but um, okay. No, I was glad to hear that you uh, you got a chance to work out at the Disney Ranch because I was curious if that was a because I'm not seeing um, that because it was on the Wonderful World of Disney. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right for, yeah. for television. Yeah, because yeah. I did I did actually got to do four of those for them. So I worked out at the Golden Oak Ranch every summer for like three years, and mm -hmm. what a lovely fun place! I mean, to be able to shoot something. Had, you know, I can't imagine you had a bad experience, but how did you like working for for the studio? Um, it, it, well, I, we stayed up at the ranch for about a week, but most of the time they put us up in the, the Chateau Marmont Hotel on Beverly Wilshire. So that for me was uh, worth the uh, worth the whole experience just by staying in that wonderful hotel. Um, uh -huh. How was it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I used to get picked up in the car in the morning, taken to, taken to the studio, say my lines, ride <laughs> on the basement, and then go home, and then watch all those wonderful American shows. You see, because in the UK in those days, everything we were way behind you guys, so everything for me was new. You know, going, going to have milkshakes and burgers, and and the drugstores. I remember where they used to serve. Uh, malted malts um, milkshakes they were and it was just wow it's a young kid doing all these things and working for Disney and at the weekends going they, they gave me a pass to Disneyland so I had unlimited amounts of rides on this was this was huge this was this wonderful concept going on the Pirates of the Caribbean or the Haunted House or oh it was it was it was wonderful. It wasn't like work. It was like being on a three-month holiday. Oh, that's fantastic. The Disney, so, I mean, Disney just reached out to you after seeing Oliver. Is that what happens? That uh... I think so. Um, I think my agent probably has something to do with it. <laughs> um, yeah, just I think I guess the agents read these scripts and they they put people in, in, together. And uh, yeah, that's that's how it happened. 
another thing you probably have both in common there too. I, I you know, I, I was looking at old pictures there. I mean, you were, I, I want to know how it goes from being like a normal kid, I guess, to being a teen idol. You were in the cover of like Tiger Beat. I saw with, with Jack, with uh, David Cassidy, Bobby Sherman on the cover, and you were in many ones. How does it get, what's an experience like to be like a, such a keen idol, huge teen idol at some, that point? I, the funny thing is, I know I was, but it wasn't until much later that I actually saw these, uh, mag I saw some of these magazines, but I, I didn't realize the extent of, of being Jack, myself, David Cassidy, Donny Osmond, Michael Jackson, and then there were whoever was kind of uh, popular at the time. But yeah, I'm being on the cover of some of these magazines as well. It's... Um, it never really sunk in until maybe about, I don't know, 10 years later when people would send me through the post. They would say, oh, can you sign this? And I said, oh, crikey. I was actually on the front of that magazine. I didn't realise. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if these magazines still exist. Do they? Tiger Beat? I don't know if Tiger, they do have magazines dedicated to, like, you know, teen idols. That for sure. I don't know about Tiger Beat. Yeah, but they'd be different now because there's be so many different you know, there's now there's so many different um, modes, aren't there? So you've got the pop stars, you've got movie stars, and you've got uh, TV. You have Harry Styles all over everything. Right? Harry Styles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So you, so you were not aware of that you were on the magazines at all at this time. I, yeah, I was kind of slightly aware, but not to the extent of that. That you know, it was almost like a weekly event. Though, as I wasn't, no, because I, you know, I was living in. In London at the time, so I wasn't. I didn't have the go to the, to the local magazine store. And we wouldn't have those magazines unless you went to a specialist uh, <laughs> store to get them. So you have no you have no stories of wild teens chasing you down through the streets. <laughs> well, no. The only time I remember going to Japan and and being chased uh, by um, a bunch of girls. So it's always oh, that's quite nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now uh, you you mentioned you mentioned michael jackson i, I know that you guys were close uh, how did that friendship come about i mean you, you i mean he was the godfather to your kids you were the godfather to his kids how did that you know how did that relationship come about i mean <laughs> to start with well, well michael's favorite musical was oliver and he was doing a tour with his brother's back in the late 70s. So he reached out to me and he get, he rang me up uh, when I was at home. And I think my mum picked up the phone and said, oh, it's Michael Jackson on the phone. <laughs> I I don't what? <laughs> anyway, it, it was manager actually. And he said, oh, Michael likes to meet you. So I said, hey, okay, fine. So anyway, they sent this massive great stretch limo to my house. Uh, wow. Anyway, my sister was like, I want to go, I want to go. So I said, well, come on then get in the car, we'll go together. Anyway, so we drove up to this big hotel in um, the West End of London. And um, Michael had to light the entire floor and he had security. It was like something going into a James Bond film. You know, this this room was huge. Never seen anything like it, this this palatial suite. Anyway, Michael, asked, I banged on the door. So, oh God, what, what, what's gonna be on the other side of the door? The guy in a space suit or something? Anyway, Michael, he was just wearing a pair, he was wearing exactly the same clothes as I was wearing, which was a pair of jeans and uh, like a, like a, like a polo shirt. And um, I, he, he was so kind and he took me and my, my sister was like, she could, I don't think she could talk for about an hour. <laughs> I only managed to talk and, and he was just so very kind and sweet. And we sat, I suppose, I don't know. I didn't know how long the meeting was going to be, but we were. We went in at about twelve o'clock noon. I think we came out about nine o'clock in the evening. So, and then we from there there on in, we we were whenever he came to London, he used to give me a call and we used to just hang out because Michael, of course, was so famous that he couldn't he couldn't go out, right. you know, on his own. He'd have to have a load of security around him, but. Uh, uh, which I didn't envy him for, but um, yeah, yeah, I mean, he had a lot of dedicated fans, and it, it was it was just nice to be in his presence. So you maintain you maintain that friendship throughout the rest of his life. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. 
that's something <laughs> that's that's just incredible so now i also read i mean that uh you were a black belt in karate and that's how you got transitioned into what you do what you're doing now yes correct i wanted to do something that involves sports injuries and uh yeah so i uh I got involved in osteopathy, which I guess in America is slightly different. I would be probably more likely to be referred to as a chiropractor. So an, an osteopath, although it's manipulative, but it's they usually go off in to do um, cardiovascular or orthopedics or something. Whereas I'm a manipulative uh, practitioner. So I'd be more on par with uh, what you have at chiropractors in America. And and you and acupuncture as well, that's one of the things that you specialize in. Yes, I am an acupuncturist as so what made you what made you decide to leave the business, your acting and uh, transition into that? Well I think I I mean I for for one thing I watched Jack Wilde and you know he would wait and he would do a pantomime which is a traditional Christmas show they have in 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 the UK and he'd worked three three weeks of a year and I thought well I don't think that's gonna pay the bills is it so it was a kind of um, strategic move to do something that generated more of a regular income as well as being uh, able to work full-time which you can't do unless you're on a soap or a hit tv show um but that finishes you know we we've just been watching that wonderful shit's creek which seems to go on forever <laughs> ever. but it's really that you know those guys are working flat out when they're working but as soon as it stops you know they're what are they doing now they're probably sitting at home writing or cashing their uh checks from the from the repeats but you know i i just needed to do something that was more full to full time. And if now, if if something came along, would you ever you ever have the bug to go back in or no? Absolutely. I mean, if there was an opportunity to do something uh, and I it sounded like it was fun, then I would do it. In fact, funnily enough, there was um, I was offered to do um, play a part in. They did a kind of spoof thing on Oliver called Twist and it was I think it was um, uh, Michael Caine had a part in it um, and it was Jude Law's son who was playing the all anyway it it came out they shot it in about three weeks but they did ask me if I wanted to do a cameo in it and I said yeah okay I'll come up for a, for a couple of days but the time of the dates didn't work and I was going off to the states with my girlfriend and you know, Thanksgiving was more important than doing the show, so I had to turn it down. I, I do hope that you're in uh, that you are in something in the future. I'd love to see that. Now, now you you mentioned the comic cons before. Do you do you still go out? Are you planning on doing any, or you know, any conventions that fans can see you? I think there's one coming up. Uh, I always like doing the ones in the states because they're the most fun. And I've been I've done Baltimore, Baltimore, yeah. Uh, I've done the Hollywood show in Los Angeles and the one in um, Chicago. This is great. I love Chicago. It's great. Um, there's a big one in San Diego, but I haven't been yes. to that yet. Um, I think that's yeah. the biggest one. Yeah, the biggest Comic-Con, I think. It's huge. Yeah. But they're more for, you know, people like Game of Thrones and that uh, genre and... and, and um, sci-fi star trek and doctor who i think it's big so oh yeah uh, yeah i mean i would like you know i think there's one coming up in edinburgh that um due to do um maybe late next year i think that is there are a lot of virtual ones now too i you know so well everything is virtual now isn't it so <laughs> i just can't wait so i can get on a plane and as soon as i can I shall be in Las Vegas. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> Great destination. <laughs> we love it. Oh, my, I love Las Vegas. I'm a huge my, fan. Yeah, my girlfriend's from, from Dallas. And, you know, I love Dallas too. I love Florida. I love the States. I mean, <laughs> oh, New York, that's great. California, that's great. LA, 
Sandy, yeah, it's, it's all good. You guys are great. And I love England. <laughs> so I love visiting. <laughs> well, <laughs> it has been some time. Come over. But, uh, I, hope, I hope you do get to come to Florida. We'd love to see you here. Yeah, <laughs> I, so. I, last time we came to Florida was in ah, 2000 and... I think it was about 2003, but I actually took my kids to Disney World for the millennium. And we oh, saw the uh, year 2000 in at the Epcot Center. They all fell asleep. I couldn't believe Oh, it. no. They were all <laughs> under old, and they all fell asleep. And I was like, you've got to, be, this is a part piece of history. You've got to be awake. And they were like, oh, uh, can we go to bed now? I was like, no, you've got to stay up. Anyway, <laughs> I, the fireworks show of seeing in the the, the new uh, century in uh, in the Epcot Center, which was great. It is. I love Epcot. That's my favorite park out of all of them. It's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're at the so people to know you're at the Carlton Clinic, in in what city? I live in a town called Cheltenham, which <laughs> is Gloucestershire, not too far from where Prince Charles lives. <laughs> And Princess Anne, she lives in the same county. They're not my patients. <laughs> they should be. Yes. Who knows? Um, we, you've After got. They a, see this, maybe. You've, you've got a Harry, haven't you? So you can keep him. <laughs> we don't, we don't <laughs> back. I'm ready to send them back. <laughs> no, no, no. We don't want. He can stay. Maybe he needs to put on lots of uh, sun cream because he's very. <laughs> I'm at the Carlton Clinic in Cheltenham in Gloucestershire and I'm on my website is carltonclinic.com so you can look me up and you can send well you can send me if you want do fans still send do fans still reach out to you a lot over there yeah yeah well no uh Mark I I thank you thank you so much for doing this today I, I really appreciate it and, uh, you know, of course, you know, you're welcome anytime you'd like to come back to talk about anything. We'd love to have you. Okay, well, it's very nice to talk to you. And, and I, great to speak. Great to meet you. Well, no, thank you. Yes. And I know. And it's like, like I said, it's an honor to, uh, to meet you. I, I can't, it's kind of funny because I've had so many, you know, of my fans that get to have the experience of meeting you know, someone connected to their childhood in such a strong way. And so it's really great for me to, to hear your stories and Wait. just get a chance to, you know, Are you say hi. Are you in Florida? I am Florida. Yes, I am. We're, we're oh. both in Florida. We're just in different parts. Um, right. I'm in central Florida. I'm, I live right outside Walt Disney World. So uh, I, I oh, go, okay. yeah, Epcot's a regular haunt of mine. So I feel very fortunate. Yeah, it's fabulous. Oh, well, wonderful. Yeah. And a wonderful state to live in as well. Sunshine, yeah, sunshine so state. Make it your yeah. business to visit Florida. You'll you'll uh, get a quick tour of Epcot from uh, Mr. Disney, like I said. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. But thank you again, Mark. And uh, like I said, I really appreciate it. And uh, you know, on behalf of Ike and myself, this has been Pop Culture Retro. Thank you for watching, and please subscribe. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to Pop Culture Retro, where no one was hurt during the making of this podcast.